Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. I just love your reactions. I just got a, a, a WhatsApp message that says, Bertha Charuma, when do you get time to rest? I have to tell you, today was the day when I realized I normally go to the gym and do all kinds of things, but today was the day when I was knocked out. I was sitting and binging TV, and literally I was watching, actually, uh, The Murdoch Family. Very interesting. But anyway, I was binging. I was on the couch the whole day. So that's when I get to rest. But uh, talking about matters that really matter and uh, important matters for that, uh, for that matter. South Africa water crisis. Is it a crisis? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. And of course, we're not going to sensationalize things. We need to just look at facts and see exactly what is happening and get to the bottom of issues. And online, I do have um, Karin. Uh, she is Karin Bosman, Independent Water Governance Advisor, widely recognized as a water resource scientist and a leading specialist in environmental water resource and waste management and governance in South Africa. And she has almost 30 years of experience and is known for her exceptional knowledge of the technical interpretation of Southern African environmental legislation. She is an invited guest lecturer at um, four South African universities, and she's going to help us unpack some of these issues. Karin, good evening and welcome to Night Talk. Good evening, Beta, and good evening to your late night listeners. Can you hear me well? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. So we have a situation, a bit of a situation here, uh, right here in Johannesburg. Randwater and Joburg, um, water um, in, in Johannesburg, uh, recently made a call to consumers and citizens cautioning us as citizens to use water sparingly due to an alarming uh, deficit between supply and demand. That's just another uh, little uh, issue, a niggling issue that's, in its own compartment. And then we've got some areas that have no water. I mean, I'm talking about KZN. I am talking about um, when we had a little bit of a, a challenge uh, some few months ago where we had a cholera outbreak. And now in, in Johannesburg, we have hospitals that have had no water. I'm talking about Helen Joseph, just to name a few. Now, talk to me. What is the status quo? What's the situation at the moment? No, but um, if uh, you know, we can, we 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 just we normally just think that if it rains, it rains, and if there's drought, there's drought. But one can actually distinguish between five types of drought, and the first one is meteorological drought when it doesn't rain as much as what it's supposed to, and then we get um, hydrological drought when the levels in the dams start dropping because it didn't rain, and then we get agricultural drought when the uh, soil moisture has dropped down because the dam levels have dropped down. But the two droughts nobody ever talks about are socioeconomic drought and institutional drought. And those are the types of droughts that we, I think, we're currently experiencing. And institutional drought is linked to socioeconomic drought. And this is where there is enough water, but institutional failure causes us to be unable to bring the water to the people. And in the case of, of Johannesburg, um, uh, and also in KwaZulu-Natal, if you look at that report from the Human Rights Commission, they say that there's a minimum of 8% that municipalities should allocate for maintenance of existing infrastructure. Now, 8% of their budget is very little, 
But yet they found that most of those municipalities did not even spend the 8% on maintenance of existing infrastructure. Put on top of that the fact that we've had a backlog of providing people with water, it makes absolutely no sense why would our institutions not put all their focus and energy on providing people with the basic building block of all life, and that is water. So I think if we start to address and talk about why do we have water shortages, why do we have lack of water, we need to question the institutions and why the institutions are not doing proper maintenance and why are the institutions not looking after the existing infrastructure that we already have to ensure continued and sustainable water supply. Both in the case of of, of, of city of Joburg and the Rand Water, Rand Water is trying to have uh, to do maintenance on some of their infrastructure, but the city of Joburg lacks the infrastructure to provide storage so that they can be continuous supply. In the case of the KwaZulu-Natal municipalities, the Human Rights Commission has found that the money that was supposed to be allocated and used for the maintenance of existing infrastructure was dwindled away and used for other purposes, which was not necessarily to ensure good water supply services delivery. And similarly, in the case of the city of Tswani, if you're going to look at the, the reason why cholera, there was a cholera outbreak in Hamonskral, it starts with the lack of maintenance of infrastructure at the sewage treatment works because we all live downstream from each other. My sewage goes back into a river. Somebody else has to abstract it, purify it, and if there's no maintenance on either the sewage works or the water purification works, disease will happen and people will get sick. What is shocking to me is people don't link the lack of water supply to things like infant death rate. But if we look at the infant death rate, that is the number of babies dying before they reach one year old. Yeah. In South Africa, we are way above international averages. And most of our infant death rate, babies dying, is as a result of gastrointestinal diseases and diarrhea, which has got direct linkages to poor water supply and poor sanitation. So we are literally killing babies with the failure of looking properly after water supply infrastructure. Mm. And, you know, this is a conversation we really, really need to, to, to pin down and, and, and unpack because it's, it's, it's very, very detrimental. Water is actually a very, very uh, uh, precious resource. And given an option between water and, and electricity, you cannot do without water. Now, for me, the most worrying factor is we've even gone as far as having hospitals not having the supply of water. That is a that is that is a serious red flag. And also just to mention uh, what I, I witnessed the other day, I think it was in the northern parts of Johannesburg where there was a pipe that was burst and water was just gushing and it was gushing for seven days. And people reported this this water situation, I think different people, but it was not taken care of for seven whole days. And then here we are saying we have a crisis, we have a water crisis, but we, we have a, a wastage system 
that, that that I don't comprehend. It does not tally with what we, you know, what then becomes the narrative afterwards to say, no, we're going through a process, we're doing maintenance. But what about the wastage? You know, it, it really baffles me. So even the, the wastage, even a leak that's reported and nothing is done for seven days is an institutional failure. Because there should be someone sitting at the municipality who says, well, guys, water leak, let's go and fix it. If one, if one looks at, for example, the Val Dam. Now, the Val Dam is a big dam, and it's the big resource that provides most of Gauteng with our water supply. But the losses from the Val Dam as a result of leaking infrastructure, that's leaking pipes, is 10 times more than the loss to evaporation from that very same Val Dam. If we can just fix the leaking pipes, if we can train more plumbers and more welders to fix leaking infrastructure, we will have double the amount of water available in the Val Dam system than what we currently have. It's not that we don't have enough water. We don't look well enough after the water that we do have. Mm. And what what needs to be done to change this this narrative or to change this behavior that we've we've made a day to day belief? So looking at that Human Rights Commission report, and also in my in my looking and experience, two weeks ago there was an article in the, the Daily Maverick of a village in the Limpopo province where the people was provided with groundwater, which was disinfected, and yet they never tested the water for uh, metals and metalloids. So they provided the people with water with high levels of arsenic, which is a poison that can cause brain damage, which occurs naturally in the groundwater. There is such a lack of knowledge amongst both municipal officials and municipal councillors about basic sciences underpinning water resources management. But I'm thinking if we look towards a solution, maybe we should change the system. Now, I know government came with this, this DEM model with district municipalities and etc. But even on district municipal level, you still have politicians who make decisions, and these politicians are untrained in the basics of water resources management. My thinking goes towards a solution where we have services councils with qualified engineers and technicians and scientists who provide water services and take that role away from having it controlled by politicians mm. because that's where the problems start. Karin Bosman, online independent water governance advisor, and we are talking about uh, the status that we are in, or should I say status quo of the water situation that we are faced with. And at the moment, I know uh, there was a... a a station that was struck by lightning apparently that has affected uh, the supply of water but really in general if we were to audit our day-to-day -day usage and our day-to-day -day, just looking at how we're maintaining uh, the water systems it's very very questionable but th that's my view what is your take what's your view uh, share with us with a voice note on 0614104107 or give us a call on 0860002032 let's take a small break we'll be back night talk giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter
And it's Bertha Charuma in for Oliver. He will be back 23 minutes after 10 and uh, talking about uh, South African water crisis. How do we get it right? Our guest online, Stella de Kock, Managing Director um, at Tel. Um, I beg your pardon. I went to the other side of the story. That's our coming story. I'll be chatting to Stella de Kock a bit later on, Managing Director at Tel. Uh, she is the organ donation in South Africa. That's our next subject matter. But uh, for now, I'm speaking to Karina. Bosman, independent water governance advisor and basically she, she's had 30 years under her belt and just to try and understand our situation uh, that we are going through at the moment. So just to go back uh, like in the beginning of this year the country saw the community of Hammanskral struck by a deadly cholera outbreak. Swane Mayor uh, Silius, uh, Silius Brink has come out to say that uh, that will cost about $2.5 to fix the Hammanskral water infrastructure. And we reflect a bit on that and just to check what's happening there. But in the meantime, as I have my guest right now, uh, Karen Bosman also, just trying to understand what exactly is going on. So, you know, Karen, I stand to be corrected. As, as we stand at the moment, yes, we've had certain issues where uh, maintenance has been an issue, but also we've been given a little bit of a warning. I think it's been a couple of weeks to say we're going to go through water rationing. And all of a sudden then it's almost like it has become, this thing has ballooned. This water crisis has all of a sudden ballooned this week. And yet a week, two weeks ago, we were told we were going to go through water rationing. Is this not basically a way of telling us that we have a problem? Absolutely, better. And, you know, um, if you look back over what happened in the past nine months, I, I am kind of convinced that... Uh, the start of the water infrastructure breakdown in February in Johannesburg, where there was lack of water supply in certain areas in Johannesburg for up to seven to 10 days, has to an extent or might have caused the cholera outbreak in Pani because cholera is a very, very interesting virus. It is endemic in South Africa and it can lie dormant in people without you even getting sick. But the moment you lack clean water supply, you lack proper sanitation, people don't have enough water to wash their hands when they prepare food, then the virus starts spreading. And it's very easy for somebody to travel, like me who stay in Swanee, travels for a funeral or a wedding in Joburg, get infected from food preparation with people not having enough water to wash their hands, come back to Swanee, use my bathroom in Swanee, my waste goes to the dashboard sewage works, the effluent go into the office river, or my effluent go, waste go into the Royval sewage works, untreated or poorly treated effluent go into the office river, and it's picked up at 10 by water purification works, where lack of maintenance means now those bacteria are not killed. Next thing we know, there's a cholera outbreak in Hammanskral. It's going to be extremely difficult to pinpoint the source. But I think the 7 to 10 days breakdown in water services in certain parts of Joburg might have contributed to the outbreak of cholera in Tswani. We will not know because we're not testing for the right things. However, you know, it is waterborne disease, infected water, travels fast and go widespread very quickly. If we don't get our municipalities to spend their 
intensive attention on water supply and sanitation services, we will keep seeing the problem happening over and over again. The thing is, and this is quite interesting, now that this problem has hit the big metros, like Tuani and Johannesburg, now we start realizing, hey, we have a problem. But this problem has existed in the smaller municipalities for the past 20 years. Smaller municipalities in the Free State, in Limpopo, in Pumalanga, have been experiencing the very same problem we now see in the big metros. And this means we need to put more and more pressure on our elected officials and on our uh, municipalities to say, guys, please give your priority attention to good water supply and sanitation. Then we will be able to deal with the rest of the you know, fancy political issues and gala dinners that you go to and nice cars that you buy, please don't buy a new nice Mercedes before you fix our water problems and spend your budgets to address the needs of your people. That is so true. And also there's an issue where, like, you know, when we go back to basic human rights, water is a basic human right. KZN municipality suspects, now this this came out, you know, in the news, that KZN municipality suspected deliberate contamination of two dams uh, supplying water. And one would ask the question, why would this happen? Why would one do this? So this is according to the municipality in the northern uh, KwaZulu-Natal, where they were saying that uh, they suspected, you know, there was foul play. Absolutely, because, you know, there's economic benefit to people being able to provide water by means of water tankers. And you have no control over the source of where that water tanker could, uh, is getting its water. But people get paid hundreds of thousands of rands to now bring water tanker water to municipalities. Um, yesterday, I'm currently attending an uh, international conference on water management here in Cape Town. And yesterday, I listened to a presentation from a lady from the United Nations who had to do emergency water supply in Jordania in a, in a um, refugee situation, where she said the biggest challenge they had was to remove the water tanker mafia from the situation. And this is where South Africa is starting to create a bigger and bigger problem, is what I would refer to as the water tanker mafia. Not just in KwaZulu-Natal. We see the same problem in towns in Northwest, and we see the same problem in towns in Limpopo, in the Northern Cape, Wherever there is a shortage of water, the first people to come in is the water tanker mafia. Mm. I just say, now pay me to bring water to the people. So who's benefiting? I'm always saying, follow the money. Whoever is benefiting, there you will find the culprit who's also responsible for fabric. Mm. I, I, I'm reacting, um, well, I'm basically looking at a WhatsApp that just came through. It says, good evening, Bertha. Water is a national problem. Heads has, has to roll and they need to hire qualified people in those positions. The water trucks, just like what you've just highlighted, that supply water is a scam to make money. Those trucks are selling water to poor communities. Rand water is captured like ESCOM. And um, this is from Reagan from Gauteng. And I like the way he says, I like the way you lay your questions. Uh, not, <laughs> it's not my intention is not to raise any alarm, but I just like to get to the bottom of, of issues and just get, get to straight to the point, you know. So if, do you believe that if these trucks, if hypothetically, let's say, 
our water system is now working. All is fluid and all is working. And we remove this tender section that's being created where then we say we need to supply water tanks to supply water uh, to different communities. Do you think it will make it will make this a little bit better? Victor, I think if we employed qualified scientists and qualified water engineers in the right places in municipalities, I think we will have a much better situation. But in, in order to do that, we need to have so many other systems and structures in place. And what I found is, I just visited three weeks ago the Dustport Sewage Works at the city of Swanee. The people employed at the sewage works itself, those guys are very knowledgeable and they are extremely well qualified and it's their passion to treat that water properly. For, for example, in that area there, the problem doesn't lie in the operators. The problem lies in procurement because now this guy needs chlorine to disinfect the water before he discharges it. If, if procurement in the city is not educated, if they don't sign his purchase order for chlorine, his effluent will never get chlorinated and people in Hamanskral will get cholera. So the education does not just lie in the level of the expertise that we employ to operate and maintain the infrastructure. The education need goes right through the heart of every municipality, including people working in finance department, people working in HR department. All of them need better education about the importance of signing a purchase order to buy chlorine for the water purification works. I think we're going to have to leave it at this point, uh, Karin Bosman, um, Independent Water Governance Advisor, chatting to us about uh, the water situation in the country. Thank you so much for joining us. You are so right. Education, education. But then again, I still raise my question. What happened to what was working before? If we had a formula that worked previously, what has happened to that formula? Why have we got this broken formula that we constantly use and Citizens are just in disarray. I'm just going to leave it at that. But thank you so much for joining us this evening.